passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All righty. Believe St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Believe Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Kurtz. And it might sound kind of funky. I'm actually not starting with the Cardinals today. I promised you when we started doing this that I was going to stay culturally relevant, that I was going to hit on other sports. So I want to give you like 60 to 90, just a taste uh, of Baylor Gonzaga. Last night, men's basketball championship, NCAA. How about those Bears? I mean, I have to tip my cap to them. That was a heck of an effort and a heck of a run. I was rooting for Gonzaga. I kind of wanted to see Mark Few get over the hump. I, I love what he's done in Spokane. I love the fact that he stayed in Spokane this this long. And I thought it would be really nice to see him finally get a ring. I think he's earned it. And I wanted to see uh, Gonzaga go the distance. But my goodness, Baylor, they were so fast. It just felt like they had six guys on the floor. It really did. On offense, uh, they were so quick. They were able to get their shots off both inside and out. They were they were lightning uh, up and down, and they were good from deep. And then on D, when Gonzaga had the ball, they just couldn't get their stuff going. Everything they tried to do, Baylor was right there. Uh, Coach Scott Drew was able to rotate guys in, even when guys got into foul trouble. Everybody seemed fresh, and what he's been able to do with that program, uh, resurrecting them from the ashes, was uh, simply remarkable. So feel bad for Gonzaga, but have to sort of tip the old cap to Baylor. They earned it. Uh, that's March Madness. That's the Final Four. And I think it really segues very nicely into baseball. I've always sort of felt as a sports fan that when uh, Final Four wraps up, you get the title game on that Monday, and you're right into opening day. Obviously, we had opening day last week. We have some homeowners this week. But I feel like the calendar shifts, the temperature shifts depending on where you live. You're into the spring. Uh, college basketball starts when it's so darn cold, November, December, January, February, and now we're done with that. We're full on into baseball season. The weather's warm, and here we are with the Cardinals, who have now played four games, and ideal meal. Um, two and two, 500. They drop two of three to the Reds. They win the opener versus the Marlins, and really things started great. Top one, game one, six runs, uh, and that's about as good as it got, really. They score five more runs that game. They score six, including some late ones, in game two, and then they score just one in game three. That's your red series. And after those six runs in the top of the first, that's when the trouble started and kind of continued uh, for the next three games, you know, the rest of game one and all the way through games two and three. Jack Flaherty, your ace, goes four and a third, six runs. Wayno, game two, goes two and two-thirds, doesn't get out of the third inning. I know a lot of the balls that – he gave up, weren't hit tremendously hard, but, you know, seven hits, six runs. And then Carlos Martinez, a guy that is so inconsistent. He has great stuff, whether it's out of the bullpen or starting. 
And I know he's done a nice job to sort of move himself up in the rotation to start this season. I know he did a good job in his start for the first three innings, nine up, nine down. Goes five innings, four runs, four hits. Um, if those are your three studs, your top three guys in your rotation, that's that's not a good start. It, it really isn't. And uh, I think guys will start to do better when the weather gets a little warmer. I know Flaherty in particular had a hard time gripping the baseball in his start. We expect more from him. You know, will he ever get back to that form that he had in 2019 when he was the best pitcher in baseball for the second half of the season? I hope so. I'd like to think so. I know he's worked his butt off, um, but we don't know. And what we saw in game one mm, doesn't make me all that hopeful. Early, very early, barely into April. So uh, plenty of time, but, you know, six runs, six runs, and four runs from your top three guys. Nobody reaches, you know, past the fifth inning. Not good. Not good. And then, they, you know, they hand the ball over to the always talented and vaunted Daniel Ponce de Leon guy gets you the only win from a Cardinal starter so far. Uh, three hits, one run, five innings against the Marlins in their 4-1 win last night. Thank goodness for Daniel Ponce de Leon, but if he is going to be the guy that uh, leads the pitching staff, which, you know, I'm half joking. He's not going to be the guy that leads the pitching staff, but if through four games he's your best pitcher, that's not what you're hoping for. Uh, I don't think that Mike Schilt and Mike Maddox are, are happy with what they've seen to this point. But again, very early and lots more baseball to be played. God willing, 158 games and then some. Offensively, again, mm, up and down. Paul DeYoung's got two homers. Noah Arenado hit one out. He's got seven hits. He looks gorgeous in the Cardinal uniform, doesn't he? I mean, he looks to be every bit as good as the Cardinals had hoped when they got him, if not better. I know he played in cores. The ball flies out of that ballpark. Denver, thin air. But uh, he looks to just be an absolutely professional hitter, uh, giving Cardinal fans something to be really, really excited about. So he's been a bright spot. Tyler O'Neill's hit one out. Dylan Carlson, part of that great first inning in game one. And, and Tommy Edmonds got a homer too. So those are your... Two, three, four, five, six, seven homers so far this season. One, two, three, four, five. Let's do some math. That's five, six homers. Six homers, five dudes. And uh, that's been the power offense to this point. The Cardinals have 22 runs through four games. That's five and a half an outing. Good for ninth in all of baseball. So not terrible, you know, but there are some holes in the lineup. And particularly we're talking about right field right now. Uh, we know Harrison Bader is out another four to five weeks. So what the Cardinals are doing is they move Dylan Carlson to center and now they have a hole in right field. So through uh, four games, they've gone with Austin Dean, Justin Williams, and those two gentlemen are a combined 0 for 15. And that is not going to get it done. Now, obviously things will switch in about a month or so. Bader will come in and play center field. Dylan Carlson will go to right. Tyler Rooney will stay in left and that should improve things. But for now, that right field spot is a hole in the lineup. So much so that Mike Schilt's going to make a change. Tonight, second game versus the Marlins, he'll put Tommy Edmond in right field and put Mark and put Matt Carpenter at second base, uh, hoping to spark the offense. I worry about Matt Carpenter. I really do. The guy just is not hitting, and this is not new. First at-bat of the season, literally three pitches, uh, and he was out of there, you know, Struck out on three straight pitches. 
He DH'd last year in the shortened season due to COVID and just looked lost. I, I like Matt Carpenter. He's meant a lot of the team. He's an all-star a few years ago, but he absolutely looks lost with the bat in his hands and can't get on the field. Now, maybe this will change things. Maybe he will, you know, starting in the field, playing second base, maybe that will help his offense. Uh, maybe he'll be able to get more comfortable, get into a rhythm. I don't know, but I worry. Uh, another guy I worry about is Tyler O'Neill. I mean, he had a great spring. He won a gold glove a year ago, so he's going to play left field. But the guy really, really struggles with off-speed stuff, and everybody knows it. He'll crush the fastball. He really will. But the off-speed stuff gives him trouble, and all of baseball knows it. So that's what he's going to see, a steady diet of stuff that tails away from him and ties him up. And until he proves that he can hit that stuff, that's all he's going to see. So it's on him to improve. I know he's worked hard at it. I know that they're optimistic. Um, but until he figures out that stuff, it's going to be a struggle for him. So, you know, through four games, the biggest bright spot is Arenado. He's protecting Goldie in the lineup. By the way, I thought Paul Goldschmidt led the season off, or second batter, but led his season off with a home run. Uh, you know, game of inches, right? Ends up with the double standing on second base. But Goldie's going to hit, and he's never had protection in the lineup like he gets with Arenado now, batting third behind him. So, and then DeYoung's got two homers. So the top four guys, I think, are strong in that lineup. Uh, but what happens after that is the big question mark. Dylan Carlson's got a gorgeous swing. He had that one homer early and uh, looks to play every day. He'll start in center and then shift over to right as the season goes on. But he's got a beautiful swing. This will be his first season, full season. Uh, they're high on him. Rookie of the year type potential. So we'll see. But uh, it's early. There are some things to be excited about, but also some concerns. All right, let's talk Twitter a little bit at JS Kurtz 07. I told you I'd be doing some Twitter on the podcast, and I want to point out a tweet from, from Derek Gould, great writer out of St. Louis, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, covers the Cardinals, has done so for many years. Guy knows his stuff, knows his baseball, knows his Cardinals, and he's great on Twitter. He's got a quote uh, from Nicholas Castellanos following the skirmish with Yadier Molina and the rest of the Redbirds uh, from Game 2. He says, that guy could have punched me in the face and I'd still ask him for a signed jersey. Nicholas Castellanos on Yadier Molina. To me, that tweet and that moment is Yadier Molina in a nutshell. The guy's been with the Cardinals forever. He's the heart and soul of the team. He's so well-respected across the league, not just in the National League Central, not just in St. Louis, not just in the National League, all throughout baseball. To me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any question. Um, he had his 2,000th hit at the end of last season, which I think cemented it. But the quote from Castellanos, I mean, Castellanos started the skirmish. Jake Woodford covering home. Castellanos flexed on him. And out comes Yachty to sort of get his guys back as he always has and always will. And the respect from Castellanos uh, tells you everything that you need to know about Molina. You know what Molina's going to give you sort of in between the lines, so to speak, whether it's saving runs, behind the plate or what he can do with the stick. But to me, it's the intangibles for years and years. The Cardinals have gone as Molina has gone in seasons in which he's missed a lot of time with injuries. They've sort of been out of it and it's everything outside of what you see in a box score that makes him so valuable, how he handles the pitching staff and how he sticks up for his guys. And, you know, he said to Jake Woodford, 
as this skirmish got underway, I got this. And that is the definition of Molina and what he brings to the team. I love that quote. Uh, I love what he brings. And to me, that's the epitome of Yachty. He's the heart of the team. And as usual, Derek Gould, shout out to him. Great job getting that quote and bringing it to our attention. Hope to have Derek on the podcast uh, as the season goes on. Reached out to him. Um, I think he's game. He has his own podcast. Give that a listen. But the guy knows his stuff, and uh, we'll be excited to have him join as the season goes on. And, and just one more thing on Castellanos. That guy killed the Cardinals this weekend. He is embracing the role of Cardinal foil. Five hits, four ribbies, two homers. Uh, just absolutely destroyed the Cardinals. And uh, somebody to watch out for. You know, the Cardinals and the, and the Reds play a lot, and we're going to have to deal with Castellanos throughout the season because the guy can flat-out swing the bat. Uh, last thing for this episode, guys, two things to look forward to coming up this week. All right, the Cardinals have two more against the Marlins tonight and tomorrow, and then they have the home opener. So we'll be going to Bush Stadium, and we've known for a while they're going to hand the ball to Adam Wainwright, who, as we said, didn't pitch well in his first start in the season. He's going to have to pitch better. Um, and I think he's going to get a nice boost from the crowd. He's a legend in St. Louis, like I said uh a week ago, I think they're going to hang up number 50 out there and no one's ever going to wear it again for the Cardinals. And how many more times are we going to get to see him and Molina? How many more times are we going to get to see, you know, Wainwright start a game at Bush Stadium or start a home opener? This could be it. Maybe there's another year. Maybe Yachty comes back and Wayno doesn't, vice versa. Um, but it's special, and I encourage everyone to embrace it and to enjoy seeing Wayno out there on the bump at Bush Stadium. Obviously, it would be better if they were at full capacity. They're going to be uh, less than full capacity. By the way, what are they doing in Texas, people? Full capacity? Uh, no, not good. Seriously, not good. Uh, PSA, COVID is for real, and you just cannot be having shoulder-to-shoulder people at a, at a baseball game. I know it's outside, but it's not safe. That said, the Cardinals are going to be less than full capacity, but I still think they'll make plenty of noise for Wayno out there in the bump. I'm excited to see it. And another guy that's going to get an ovation is Colton Wong. Obviously, he's uh, in the opposing clubhouse now. He's gone from the Cardinals. He starts at second base for the Brewers. I think that he'll get a wonderful ovation. Cardinal fans are really smart. They understand everything that he's meant, everything that he's brought to the team. Uh, they will tip their cap to him. He uh, will hopefully tip his batting helmet back to them. And then after that, I hope he strikes out three times. Uh, you know, no hate. Colton Wong's fantastic, uh, as good a second baseman as there is in baseball. Sad to see him leave St. Louis. Sad to see him in the division. Uh, will get a nice ovation. But after that, uh, you know, he's the opposition. And Tommy Edmond is going to do a great job at second base this season. Uh, he won the job in spring training. He's a guy, unlike Matt Carpenter, who I feel like can't find his way onto the field, Tommy Edmond's the opposite. He is a guy that you can't leave off the field. He is impossible to not get in the starting lineup one way or the other, whether it's second base, if Arenado goes down or needs a day off, obviously we know Tommy can play third and Tommy is right now the backup center fielder and tonight he's playing right. So his versatility is invaluable. I think he'll fill in admirably for Colton Wong this season. Looking forward to seeing what he does at second base. Uh, excited to see Colton back, but happy uh, and very, very content with the job that Tommy's going to do at second base in his place. All right, guys, that's it for the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast for this episode. I'm your host, Jason Kurtz. I appreciate you listening. Keep it here as the season goes on and much more to come. And until then, hashtag go Redbirds. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.